Hello and welcome to the Tea and Toast podcast, the bi-weekly podcast which focuses on mental health and wellness. On today's show we have Rebecca Bowie, a full-time Christian and advocate of helping others through lots of hard work and determination, managed to save money for a one-way ticket to Australia. There she joined YWAM, Youth with a Mission, and studied discipleship and the Bible and later became a member of staff helping others with their own journeys. Faith is something that is personal to all of us. We may not necessarily have a faith, but the ethos of community, support and belief connects every type of religion or sense of community together. On today's show, we'll be speaking about Becky's own experience of mental health and how faith helped her and others around her to deal with anxiety. Hello, Kirsty Newman. You got your tea? Yeah. Yeah, you? ready to go? You got your water? Thank you, Becky, for joining me today on the Tea and Toast podcast. Cool. Yeah. Thank you, Kirsty. So, my name is Becky. I have been uh, living in Australia for eight years, and I just got back last year at the end of October after serving with a missions organization known as YWAM or Youth of the Mission. And so, I've just been back in England since then trying to kind of figure out what life looks like on this side of the world and yeah COVID happened so you know (laughs) 2020 took a different turn but yep that's what I'm doing right now. And so today we're going to be talking a lot about your own journey and how faith really helped you to begin understanding more about your anxiety. That's probably the first question which would be really interesting is how did you first begin your faith journey? Um, Yeah so it wasn't until I was really 16 um, years old that I started to actually look into faith and relationship with Jesus and actually take church more seriously for myself. When we were younger and growing up, we went to church um, with our parents and things, but it was kind of boring, honestly, (laughs) Um, for me. And so it wasn't really until I yeah, was that bit older and able to kind of look into what you know, understanding what people were talking about, what preachings were about, made friends with youth and went to youth group and things like that, where my dad was living in Horsham at the time. And so got connected with a really great group of people um, who were, you know, encouraging and answered a lot of the questions that I initially had at that age. And yeah, then I was going along for a couple of years. And then when I was 18, that's when I went off to Australia for eight years and joined YWAM. It's so true what you're saying about when you're younger, it felt like I didn't have my own sort of relationship with God. So it's been really nice to learn about God in my own way. And like you said, you started when you were 15 and then from the age of 18, that must have taken a lot of courage to to go and move somewhere completely different. How did you find that? So how did that all come about? And how did you get the courage to move to a completely different country? Yeah, so... Basically, at that age, is I'd finish. I was finishing school at sixteen, and so I was like looking in. No, sorry, eighteen. I was look. <laughs> I finished college at eighteen, and I was looking into what was next. And for me, I didn't have any idea. Like a lot of my friends were applying to go to university, and you know, go down that route. But for me, I just wasn't really sure what I actually wanted to do, what I was passionate about. 
And so a friend of mine at the time, she'd actually said that she had done this six-month school known as a discipleship training school with YWAM. And I hadn't heard of YWAM before. And so she told me all about it, all about her experience. And at the time, she was kind of like a mentor to me as well. And so she prayed for me and encouraged me that I could do that. Um, and the reason for Australia and Brisbane specifically is because we actually have family that live over in Australia and we took a family holiday when I was 12 over the summer holidays and I just fell in love with that country, got to meet cousins that I'd never met, see like aunties and uncles that I hadn't seen for years and really just have a great holiday and I always knew I'm going to come back here one day and so for me it wasn't really, it was a no-brainer to choose Australia. Mm. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's kind of how it went about. But it was definitely, like, looking back, it was definitely a courageous move. And lots of people said, like, wow, you're really brave to do that at 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and so initially I did go for six months. Uh, and then I just, uh, I got asked to come back on staff. And then each kind of time I said yes to something, it was a small commitment, like a couple of years. And so if you had told me, oh, you're going to live there for eight years, I would have been like, what? <laughs> but because it was step by step, praying, like, all the way through every time it was easier and it, you know, became home more and more over the time as well. Mm -hmm. When we just sort of like had a little chat before, we mentioned a lot about how faith really helped you to understand your anxiety that you didn't really necessarily know was something that you would see as anxiety or something that you hadn't really addressed mental health before. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So for me, like, I think I did have quite a bit of anxiety and even a little bit of depression, like growing up but I never knew what it was. And a lot of it's really normal with, you know, making life choices like, do I want to go to university? Do I want a career? Like that sort of thing and exams and stuff, I think just creates anxiety in young people. But it wasn't until I'd actually been at YWAM for a couple of years that I really started to realize like, oh, I think I'm struggling with anxiety. Um, And I actually had to have people kind of tell me that, like in a positive way of, we want to help you get over this, deal with this, grow from this. And because for me, I was in denial about a lot of it. And so how faith really helped me, I just see so much hope in God, so much hope in like spending eternity with him, but also that he's with us on earth, that he's, he's not this like far away God that we can't talk to or communicate with, but he actually is with us every day and we can communicate with him in a number of different ways. And so for me, I just needed to learn what that was and to realize, wow, he's actually comforting me and being with me answering my prayers but also more than that like he actually wants to do those things like realizing as well like it says in scripture that Jesus actually prays for us and so when I like started to realize and understand these things at a deeper level I was like wow he actually wants me to deal with this anxiety like I don't have to struggle with this and so that's how faith really helped and I had a great community of support around me encouraging me to not just sit in what I was feeling but actually you know learn from it you know there's a lot about triggers knowing your triggers and from there just like being able to yeah pray through and and deal with it really and with regards to some of that support that you mentioned has there been a lot more support than you maybe had realized before from understanding a little bit more about your anxiety and what actually is out there during that time definitely like for me I had great friends growing up and a great family Um, But I'd never lived in a Christian community before and starting like my kind of faith journey at 16 as well, like it had only been a couple of years. And so for me, that sense of mentorship where people are really actually meeting with you to want to see you grow, praying through with things like 
I feel like often other people had more faith than I did. Like I was wanted to give up and kind of just be stuck in the place that I was in. And they were like, no, I believe this for you. So that was really encouraging. And then also that sense of accountability where if I, I don't know, would react to something a certain way and that would trigger anxiety in me, they would come up, you know, help me come up with a plan to overcome that basically. And so they would, you know, have that sense of accountability to help me really grow and want to grow and and be able to check in with someone as well. And actually when I was out in Australia, I had a counsellor that I was seeing for a long time. And I just think that's a great source. You know, like I think there's a bit of a stigma sometimes around counsellors and psychologists, but it's really great, honestly, like the work that they put in and what they do. So I realised I grew a lot and overcame a lot with the help of a counsellor as well. And realising as well, like anxiety, depression, mental health, like that isn't something to be ashamed of. Mm -hmm. I think it's much more spoken about now than it was, but at the time there was sometimes you know I was a bit embarrassed or like oh why am I struggling with this but actually realizing it's okay you can grow and find healing in those things as well I totally agree with you I think that when we sort of rewind back a few years there there was a a massive stigma around mental health and it was actually like you mentioned something that we felt a little bit a bit more shy to talk about really we didn't quite understand what anxiety was or what depression was because it wasn't something that was really talked about in schools it was something that was just not a not a sort of common conversation which I think definitely is happening happening a lot more which should should happen and I think it's really good that you had that support especially at that time where you just trying to figure it out and what actually was anxiety what was depression and that you don't really quite really know until you really sort of dig deep and understand what that is you mentioned a lot about the community of faith and you mentioned about the mentorship that you had and you sort of talked through that this is really lucky because I don't think a lot of people really understand that that that's a massive part of faith Mm. so when we previously spoke about how your anxiety conversation came about you mentioned that you're speaking to other people in your group and they helped you to recognize that How did you first react to that? So, because I think it's quite sometimes an uncomfortable journey for some, especially that initial recognition, whether that is through a friend or family or a support Mm. group or whether it's through a counsellor. It is quite an eye-opening experience. Yeah, so struggling with this, like I didn't really realise what it was. Um, I would just be like really sad a lot and find things really difficult to kind of deal with for me like one of the biggest things that I think created anxiety in me was comparison yeah for me that was kind of like my trigger I guess and so when other people would make plans like for me it was just kind of like I'll get jealous or whatever or insecure like bring out something in me and when I was going through all of this I, I felt like oh this is really kind of pathetic and this is just like dumb but then I realized that everybody has something they struggle with and so I kind of changed my mindset there so instead of being down on myself when those feelings would come up be like okay I actually want to deal with this Um, and so I had other people around me who were the ones that were like you're really struggling with comparison and like this is bringing this out of you and and da 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 and at first I didn't want to accept it like (laughs) at first I was kind of annoyed and especially when um, people wanted me to go and like go to a counsellor to have like even more help than they could give as well um I was like no I don't you know (laughs) I was just really hard to receive that I guess Mm. um but then over time like I knew that I wanted to grow and find healing in that and so yeah I went along with it as well and 
over time like it wasn't an overnight cure mm-hmm. um at all like i think that's what we all want and that's definitely what i wanted but then putting things into practice that you're getting taught and applying them was like the biggest thing to help mm-hmm. i think the first step and even any any type of conversation whether it be with therapy or talking through friends with friends and family is a massive step in itself it does take a lot of courage so the fact that you were able to do that and like you said it it does make you feel a little bit you can be defensive if it if it's something that is new to you mm. i remember people talking to me about it and sometimes even now they understand me so well when there is a moment of anxiety that they recognize before me you do sometimes without intending to the sort of the wall does go up <laughs> because yeah. it's a comfortable situation where you might not recognize that but I think that it's amazing that you've started that journey and especially going through that living away from home, especially for that length of time and overcoming those challenges. And you probably learned a lot about yourself more so than you ever thought you'd realize through the whole experience and being in YWAM. So it's amazing. Yeah, definitely. How did you find, I guess, taking it that next level when you, when you did start your journey and then you also began your missionaries. So you've been been all over the globe. <laughs> Very jealous about that. How did you find that strength to sort of push yourself further outside your comfort zone? Yeah, well, I think a lot of it is like you deal with things when you're outside of your comfort zone. Um, and there was actually um, a time that I was supposed to take a trip to India and lead a team out there. But leadership in my life at the time felt that I wasn't ready, that it wouldn't be the best thing for me, especially because I was leading students. And at the time that was really hard, but (laughs) in hindsight, I definitely agree that that was a good decision. And so I think that was one of the biggest things that was like, wow, I need to deal with these things. I need to stop hiding um, and actually realize what it is in my life because they weren't punishing me at all, but like realizing like, wow, I actually have to deal with this if I want to like move forward and continue continue taking trips or even just dealing with things in my own life because during the very beginning of it I wasn't I didn't have as much responsibility around where I was working in Brisbane with the base and so like taking that away as well as like I need to deal with these things but then I did um, go overseas and it's really just dealing with your own things so that you can help others and so it's always a journey like I definitely today I'm not sitting here like I'm completely 100% dealt with everything things always come up and they always go deeper as well but definitely like just continuing to want to grow you know as things come up putting things into practice but then actually wanting to go out and help other people as well around the world wanting to go and tell them about Jesus but also help them with projects or teach them English or look after kids and all that shows like being the hands and feet of Jesus but also brings healing to them as well and so I was often challenged in my own insecurities and anxiety and the things that I was going through as I was overseas especially on the times that I was leading students as well because it's a big responsibility to be in another country but then also be discipling students and being that point person over them leading them through things and being responsible for the trip and that definitely pushed me out of my comfort zone and made me deal with things as well. Like you said that having that self-recognition and putting it into practice and, and still doing all the amazing work that you do is incredible I think to be able to continue to push yourself out of your comfort zone it is it is a way of learning a little bit more about how far you can really go and I bet that it helped massively 
in terms of that self-recognition when it does come to self-recognition and through your recovery journey you've done so much you've traveled so many places what do you think has been the biggest moment of self-recognition during the eight years that you've been abroad and all the amazing things that you have accomplished over the last few years so I would say my journey with anxiety and a little bit of depression in there as well was probably the biggest thing that I've overcome and then continuing to overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it was long and I didn't ever know if I'd be able to deal with it and move forward. Like, yeah, there was definitely days where I felt stuck. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know if this is ever going to get better. Um, mm-hmm. But through the help of others as well, like I had strategies in place that for a while when things went wrong, I would feel very discouraged. But once I begin to process them and deal with those thought patterns and genuinely being okay with where I was knowing that I would be able to overcome and deal with them I knew that I would be okay and then I kept kind of just choosing that and so even when things were hard even when the comparison would come up and that would hit me hit my insecurities create like anxiety in me I just continued to choose to think positively not feeling defeated when I had a step back but being like okay it's one foot in front of the other one day I will be a lot further along than I am now so true I said that being your probably your biggest moment of self-recognition it is the journey that you've taken and like you said it does it does take time for you to put things into practice and I think you've really recognized that and there's a lot of strength in the fact that you have just continued like you said when you felt defeated I think there's some days where you really do wake up and you think I don't think I can handle it today, really. And the fact that you've, you recognize that and you process and you accept those emotions is really brave. Some people have a real stage of denial through their self-recovery. And I think that it's, yeah, it's amazing that you're going through what you are and you're just, you're, you're helping others through that as well. And that's one of the best moments, I think, with self-recovery is that when you begin to teach other people the practice that, practices that you make each day, it's really rewarding. I think also, which you haven't touched upon is actually how much work that you're currently doing through this crisis right now to help other people with education, teaching abroad, teaching in the UK, you're doing a lot for youth work. I think that takes a special type of person to be able to put that energy into that and to really teach them more than just what the, what the Bible is saying and preaching as well, but also to marry that with what is actually going on in sort of day-to-day life as well. Yeah, so coming back from being away from eight years has been definitely a struggle, as I knew it would be, but just kind of being like, okay, what do I want to do now? And I still don't have the answer. <laughs> but I was, before um, COVID happened and lockdown, we were in lockdown, I was doing a bit of supply teaching in schools um, as teaching assistant, because I love kids, I love youth, and that's kind of just what I'm always drawn to. I did a lot in Australia, going into the public schools there, teaching, mentoring, hanging out with the kids, running programs and stuff. And so I thought that would be a good fit for coming back. But since COVID's happened and everyone's kind of had to take a step back, I've been able to just like evaluate what it is that I want to do. Um, And so I've taken this opportunity just to do more voluntary work. And so just kind of a lot of doors kind of just opened. (laughs) And so I'm actually doing some like teaching English with young people in Kurdistan. So that's via WhatsApp video once a week. And also just the idea is kind of to mentor them as well, like build relationship, them get to know them and just be able to chat weekly, check in with them and stuff. And then as well as that, I'm helping a local church just put together resources for their kids 
ministry that they run weekly. I'm doing some grading for a school that's actually running with youth with a mission in Brisbane where I was. And so just taking this opportunity kind of, I'm a very, um, I don't know, I don't like to sit around. Like I feel a good day is a day when you've been productive. <laughs> and so just trying to take this opportunity to keep growing as well, doing some study um, online for myself just to kind of further my skills. Yeah. It's great. I think keeping that motivation, self-motivation can be the hardest thing during this time. So it's really good that you're doing all of that. And if you're not teaching, you're educating yourself, I think it's great. How do you think faith is helping you a little bit further down that journey? Like you mentioned that you're feeling a lot better in yourself. How do you think that God is helping you by doing that on a daily basis, a weekly basis, or something that's helping you to nurture more about your anxiety and your wellness but on a more regular basis yeah so one of the most important practices that I've learned over the years is just to spend time with God daily like more so than just going to church once a week but actually seeking him for myself and so I always begin my day by spending time with God whether that's listening to some worship music reading the bible praying um journaling whatever that is and there's definitely been days where I haven't done that, def- like 100%. <laughs> but just realizing how m- much better I feel and how much more positive I feel once I've spent time with him. Just that he's equipped me for that day, what's ahead of me. You know, he knows what's going to come. He knows who I might have conversations with. Yeah, and so that's the number one thing. And then also just having that hope in him, like learning how to really relate with him, how he speaks to me over the past year- eight years has definitely completely changed my life like I didn't know those things before I left (laughs) you know like I just imagined that God was this sky far away in the sky sitting on these clouds like (laughs) I didn't I didn't see him as personal and close and so even just having that image of him really helps like if I'm going through something difficult sad or even really joyful like just having that image that he's right there with me definitely helps and yeah with regards to the type of support that the church does offer you you've mentioned a couple of examples of what that looks like I think a lot of people that don't go to church they might find this through other methods what do you think that church offers for people that don't necessarily have a faith so that they might not know more about are there things internally that churches do provide which focuses on mental health or charities that you might have um, discovered through your journey that other people might not necessarily know about. They might just find another method of practicing that. Are there tips or advice um, for those people? Yeah. When it comes to that sort of thing, every church does different things. Like whether it's meeting with local women in the community who have been struggling or a men's group or joining one of their activities or even going along like some churches do provide counseling. And so definitely churches are always willing to help. Um, whether it's advertised on their website or not, I think a good place to start is just by reaching out to a church in the area um, and kind of just asking them what it is that they do and not being scared as well that (laughs) they're going to bombard you with all this Christianity, you know, or try to convert your life or (laughs) get involved in every detail. Like I think that can sometimes be a fear that people have, Um, but just being open as well, like, yeah, to what that sort of support is and going along to stuff as well, like churches, I feel always very open inviting anyone like knowing that it's not just for the members of their church but churches are very much open to anyone coming along and so I I think just being open as well in that. I totally agree I think that a lot of people have their own religions and I think that there's the biggest part 
whether it's a religion or a social group or whatever that comfort is that you have in your life that gives you that sense of community and support I think they're very open for others to try that and I think I was similar to yourself when I first began my journey to church I was I had such a different journey when I was younger that it did make me a little bit more hesitant to try new things but they are really open to just supporting you and giving you that help that people do need at times and there are always kindred spirits wherever you go to that you do just click with people and they they show you this whole new way of understanding yourself that you didn't necessarily know about so it is really important just to like you said be open and and try new things whether it is something that you want to explore or you just want to sort of dip your toe and see how that is I think it's really important to be open. So I know you have your Bible that you read on a daily basis. Are there any Psalms or parts of the Bible that really spoke to you through your journey that you could offer to others who are listening, who do have a relationship with God? Yes, definitely. And during, during my time as well, when I was away for eight years, I actually did a um, three months Bible school, um, which I didn't grow up in the Bible. Um, like a lot of my friends had and so I really wanted to take the opportunity to study it further even knowing how to study it because yeah I know what you mean like you can look at the bible and just kind of be overwhelmed <laughs> there's mm. a lot of stories a lot of pages it's like where do I start mm-hmm. uh, but for me like I that doing that bible school really really helped just knowing how it's all this one big story and ties in and then now when I look at scripture I can see imagine who the writer was talking to at the time, like who it was for, the culture they were in, what sort of society they were living in, things like that. But the two, I wrote two down that I think really did help me during this time. Um, And one is Romans 8.38 that says, No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers. I think the end got cut off there. But basically knowing that we've been made a conqueror, Um, because Mm -hmm. God loves us and so we can overcome challenges in our lives and then the other one um, is Romans 12 1 to 2 which says therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God this is your true and proper worship do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is his good pleasing and perfect will and I think that second one does really help me a lot because realizing that you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Like often people think, oh, I have to struggle or have this thing in my life because it's the way I was born or it's all I know. But actually knowing like, no, God has made us conquerors. And so we can be transformed. We can continue to renew our minds. And so I really clung onto that scripture, (laughs) kind of spoke it out loud over myself on days that I was really struggling as well. Mm, That's lovely. They're both very, very strong scriptures. And I'm sure that for those that are listening as well it means a lot that the bible is like you said there's lots of stories and parts to it that we try to understand and and connect with that and i think those scriptures really speak true to like you said being open to that and accepting that so thank you they were lovely we mentioned a, a little bit previously about how you found with living abroad and coming back how did you find that and I think not many people really understand the impact that it can have on people when they do return from their traveling life or living abroad and also for such a long time and you did have a church there you had a base there and how did you find coming back home 
and I'm beginning your journey again. It's almost like a fresh new chapter. Yeah, it's definitely very, very challenging, um, but I knew that it would be. And so from that, I think I had the grace to do it, um, God's grace to help every day, but also just that grace on myself. Like, you know, if a day's hard being like, okay, we'll try again um, and try not to be discouraged. Um, before I left, I spent the last six months of my time there um, staffing on a discipleship training school. And at the end of that, um, the students are actually given lectures on what we call re-entry, which mm. is just, okay, how now do I go home after I've had this life transforming time, learned all this stuff, made amazing friends from around the world and kind of fit back into my life there or wherever they go next. And so that time is to equip and to really help. And so I took a lot out of that. I met with the speaker who came for that as well, just to be like, I want to ask more <laughs> or go a little bit deeper in this as well. And so I was prepared, but then definitely it's just taking it one step at a time. Like I said earlier, like I don't fully know what I want to do yet or where I'll go, but just continuing to pray, continuing to be open, but also taking it a day at a time. Like, you know, I tried to get all of these jobs and things and was working for a little bit, but then obviously COVID happened and mm. nobody knew that. <laughs> no one could expect that. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to be chill and just roll with it. And so 2020 definitely looks very different to what I had expected, but I actually see it as such a blessing to be at home for this year, to spend so much time with family, but also just to, you know, for my first kind of year home, take it at a slower pace mm-hmm. uh, and have that time to really be like, okay, what do I want to do? So definitely have the grace every day for, <laughs> for what, what's going to be ahead. And finding a church was definitely challenging. I went to a few until I kind of felt comfortable in one um, that has an awesome community that are very welcoming. Yeah. Going through that journey and coming back home, it does have a nicer pace, like you said, to, to kind of go through that. And the pandemic has been crazy. I think the pandemic has taught us a lot about ourselves but also how to communicate with people and I think that your journey like you mentioned that you're not putting that stress on yourself is really important and it's also been really interesting as well I've seen you on your zoom calls on a Wednesday with your church community and also everyone's had to go digital how are you finding that with with zoom calls and speaking to different people and I guess learning a different way of how to meeting through church or meeting for other people how are you finding technology through the world of COVID? Well, it's definitely a blessing. Um, <laughs> and I think like with my yeah church group that I meet with, it's really good just to have them to check in with weekly, to pray with each other, to chat through things. But it definitely is harder almost because I was just getting to know them. Mm-hmm. And so just knowing like the depth of relationship, I feel will happen at a slower pace, just because, you know, there's only so much you can do via Zoom. But then also, like, I'm very used to FaceTiming and things because through working with an international organization, majority of my friends are all around the world. <laughs> so I'm very mm-hmm. used to hopping on FaceTime, chatting with them via Messenger or whatever that is. So I definitely always see the world of technology as a huge blessing. It's definitely helped us to stay a lot more connected with people and have, I actually think, a lot more conversations because yeah. most of us are rushing around and doing things in everyday life or like zooming all over the place and now we're making more time and more effort to build those relationships and I think that you'll probably have stronger connection than you realize virtually with those people because you've connected with them in a way when they've really needed it and that support like you said on a weekly basis to 
checking in with one another. I think that's really important. Not a lot of people would have had that through this. How have you been able to support and also seek support yourself um, with returning through all of the amazing work that you have done and currently are doing? I think just reaching out to people like close friends, trusted people, um, and just staying in contact as well. Like that's very important to me is when you have that like friendship with somebody, that relationship, just being able to keep in touch. And so that's definitely been a support, but also I love praying for people as well. And so my friends will know that. And so they'll reach out to me, <laughs> you know, if they're struggling and just be able to have a chat. And so, and I think during this time, because nobody could expect this pandemic, it is again, just being open, open to listening to one another, um, learning from each other and just really trying to look out for those around you and being like, what can I do to help you? You know, is it just being a ear to listen? Um, and then obviously people in the UK as well that live close being like, you know, can I support you through a phone call or going to the shops and getting your groceries or whatever that is. And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot of my life is on technology <laughs> because <laughs> I have more, more friends around the world than I do in the UK at the moment. And so, yeah, just being open with people so they can really know how you're doing. If you were to give your advice to your younger self, what would that be for everything that you have overcome and all the amazing work that you have done this year and the last few years with YOM? I think it would definitely be to not take myself as seriously or worry as much. I definitely am slow to make decisions. <laughs> like I'm kind of known for that, but to be okay to also say yes quicker without overthinking because I'm definitely known for overthinking and yeah, so still learning that, but just being quicker to say yes and not take myself as seriously. Mm. I'm I'm with you with that. <laughs> I'm a massive overthinker. <laughs> yeah. It's a blessing yeah. and a curse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we've covered a lot today. There's a lot of things that people might not necessarily know about faith, and I think that it's something that is really important to discover if you've not yet discovered it yourself or whether there's something else in your life that brings you that support and that community so I really appreciate you talking through this today Becky it's no really worries. inspiring <laughs> to have people go through this and it's even funnier that I'm going to see you in a couple of seconds upstairs <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for joining the tea and toast podcast today and to talk through your journey and how others might be able to explore their own faith or find that community and healing in another practice so thank you no worries thanks for having me Thank you for listening to this week's Tea and Toast podcast. If you want to share any feedback or ask any questions, don't forget to follow, like and share via Instagram at Tea and Toast the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe.